This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Conference is going to have to figure out how we how we deal with, um, you know, eight people that are here that candidly aren't interested in governing. They're more interested in, you know, grifting. Republicans who have been claiming to be fiscal conservatives just voted with every single Democrat in the House of Representatives. That would be the equivalent of every Republican voting for Nancy Pelosi. That's what they did. Mr. Jordan, how disappointed are you with the speak what happened here and Speaker McCarthy? I thought it was un, I thought it was unfair to unfair to Kevin. Uh, Kevin I think has done a fine job and he and I came in together. He's a good man. Um, and he didn't deserve this, in my judgment. Do you, will you run for speaker? That's a decision for the conference. Three Republican congressmen, Derek Van Orden, Austin Scott, and a very dedecta, dejected Jim Jordan yesterday following the ouster of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. When this happened, my original thought, my uh, initial feeling, and I don't let politics get to me. I mean, we, we cover this every morning. Steph and I, we try to explain this is why it matters. This is how it's going to impact you. And by the way, at the end of the day, very little impact. It's fun theater, fun soap opera stuff. Um, my immediate feeling, my immediate reaction was dejected. Like, I was down. I came on Randy Tobler's show. He's here each weekday, 4 to 6. And, like, I was, and I'm not kidding, I can't think of the last time that that happened. And I was just dejected. Your initial reaction? Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the pure chaos. And so I was surprised. I mean, we heard from Luke DeMeyer, our own Congressman Luke DeMeyer and Congressman Alford on Monday. You know, I don't think they were thinking. I mean, they didn't say exactly. I think they were frustrated. But, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised by this vote that all of these. I mean, am I surprised that the Democrats would fall in line? Not exactly. Um, but. I'm I I don't know that dejected is the right word. I'm disappointed, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, you know, I think when we look back at what was supposed to be the red wave and, you know, even on Biden's election, a lot of times I think people were just voting against chaos and they were afraid that if Trump got in, there'd be more chaos. And I'm afraid that this is more of that chaos and you know, that, that, that it's going to be, you know, Republicans can't govern, you know, whenever the Republicans are in charge, there's chaos and we're going to get, you know, it's going to affect, I believe, the next cycle potentially. And that worries me. Raven Harrison here, 710, her take on it, plus reaction from Republican lawmakers, uh, rep reaction from Democrats this morning. We don't need to go there. Hannah, as you were watching this unfold and seeing what was going on, like what was your initial reaction? I actually, I caught it on the Sean Hannity show as I was driving home last night, and I didn't even hear that there was going to be a vote happening. Maybe I just had a, my head under a rock, but I was surprised to hear that Hannity was carrying it. And when I tuned in, it was uh, the votes for yes were already at 215, and Hannity said that it was, you know, this close. And... Hannity, without saying that he thought it was stupid, pretty much made it sound like he thought it was a stupid idea. <laughs> Hannity's here weekdays starting at uh, 2 o'clock. It's just crazy to think that this has never happened before in the history of the country. Yeah. That, to me, is huge. Well, and what's interesting is you have people like uh, Matt Gates who uh, says, well, you know, he's siding with Democrats. 
Matt Gates and seven other Republicans. By the way, some of these Republicans, Ken Buck of Colorado, he's already been siding with Democrats as it relates to an impeachment inquiry regarding Biden. He has sided with Democrats regarding uh, the investigation into Hunter Biden. Andy Biggs has sided with Democrats before. So I do not buy into the argument for one minute. Well, as these folks teaming up with Democrats, you just voted with every single Democrat in the House. So if you want to find a different argument, I will welcome it. But that to say that. And here's the other thing with uh, with Matt Gates. This is yesterday. Speaker McCarthy's time is over. I wish him well. I have no personal animus to him. That's BS. I have no personal animus to Speaker McCarthy. When 48 hours ago uh, you were saying things like this. I'm done owning Kevin McCarthy. You're being disingenuous because it's your latest TV appearance. That is my opinion. Marsh, your initial reaction? Embarrassment. Yeah. Especially how we look on the world stage, and like Steph said, re- the perception that when the Republicans get in charge, it's chaos, and it. I guess this is proving it out. Yeah, and and you have to keep one other thing in mind. President Ronald Reagan, and I think for all of us listeners, particularly Republicans, you have to remember what President Reagan said about his eleventh commandment: "Thou shall not criticize a fellow Republican." Do any of these people have have any of them heard of Ronald Reagan? Have they? Do you think they have? After what I saw on TV? I mean, I, I wonder if they even know. Ronald Reagan be turning over in his grave right now, looking at some of the stuff going on in Washington. He and he worked with Democrats, but it's a different environment. It's And, and, and I'm not sure anybody could function in this, this situation right now. You've got just a couple, the, the majority, whoever becomes speaker could be ousted tomorrow. It's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's a very interesting thing. And I will say one other thing. Blaine Lutkemeyer, the other day on our show, said, Brandon, that uh, Gates did not have the votes. He said that. And Gates obviously did. But I think Lutkemeyer, if you listen closely, you did. He felt like a lot of Democrats would vote present, but not enough did. About, I think it was about seven or eight. So, so Matt Gates or somebody went and worked with Democrats to secure those votes to make sure they voted in favor of ousting? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, I'm not going to say he worked with them, but I mean, clearly somebody did because uh, Ludkemeyer thought that the votes weren't there. Well, he uh, certainly he uh, voted with them. Well, and to me, I think the worst part is the timing of all of this happening. Because we're facing another potential government shutdown in, what, 40 <laughs> days? And this is the worst timing ever. Why Why would he do this now of all times? And I think the, that's the other thing is bigger picture stuff. And I'll go to polls that have recently been showing Trump is beating Biden in several polls, not just that outlier of the Washbo ABC, seven, uh, ABC uh, poll, but there are several polls that showing potentially some momentum. Uh, there's, I think some had been some momentum for the Republican Party because people finally, even people that voted for uh, Biden are getting it. They're frustrated. They want something different. So I think, you know, there had been some good uh, momentum. So Matt Gates, what about the new speaker, the new interim speaker, at least? I do have to offer some pretty sharp criticism of the new pro tem. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Eight minutes into it. And there you go. And his criticisms are, by the way, uh, this guy, Patrick McHenry, he is a Republican, North Carolina. He said, we're going to recess for a week. He says, we need to take time, figure out what we're going to do. And I know some folks have criticized him saying that Matt Gates is one of those folks who has criticized him. Now you're going to go off for an, and cry for a week. And they're saying, 
No, we need time to figure out, you know, if the speaker position is so important to folks like Gates and stuff like that, we're going to take some time and try to find a, a solution, a choice that would work for everybody. I think that was the one positive for me this morning. I, I've um, It's being reported that Steve Scalise is already out there kind of making calls. And I think, um, you know, I, I think he'd make a good speaker. I think, you know, a lot of people look at him as kind of in that McCarthy camp. So whether or not he could get enough votes to get elected. But at the same time, you know, I'm trying to think positively. Maybe, you know, McCarthy's kind of been tainted from the very beginning and you know and we've been through all of this there's talk about maybe changing that rule on motion to vacate so it wouldn't be as easy at some point now maybe not while republicans are in charge but you know maybe some rule changes maybe a fresh leader maybe we can get you know i and i'm trying really hard to think positively maybe this will help us get past it and that's another good point coming up 650 this morning uh just because some, you know kids say and kids always keep me centered when i think about stuff like this because i was really i was just incredibly disappointed because of what i feel like had been uh momentum for conservatives and the republican party with this happening yesterday like i got really dejected and then Leave it to a kid to remind me about what's important. Some cute audio coming up at 6.50. Matt Nichols, Columbia Police Officers Association, 6.35. We'll be talking about some things on a, on, on a national level as it relates to law enforcement and also uh, local police officers, or at least the CPOA, uh, not happy with the recent decision by the council regarding ARPA funding. Yeah, the ARPA funding, Brandon, $25 million. And there was uh, obviously uh, Congress and the president's uh, con- Congress passed it. The president signed it. President Biden and there is in that provision in the law, federal law, a provision for hazard pay for people that are essential workers. And the CPOA was hopeful the mayor and the council would include some of that hazard pay in there. That has not happened. Doesn't appear that it's going to happen. And they also wanted there was about two million dollars directed in the budget toward, quote unquote, community violence. And they but none of that is going to law enforcement. So CPOA is concerned about that. And you know who handles uh, community violence? Police officers <laughs> just blows me away. Uh, Henry Cuellar, Democrat congressman who got carjacked the other night in uh, Washington, D.C., was asked about what happened. But what really got me upset? The thing that got him most upset in all that, and he tells a very gripping story. But he's just and, and what surprised me as he tells the story is the quickness with which it, it happened. I mean, he gets out of his car and he says, boom, just like that. There's three people around him, one on each side, one behind him, at least two guys have a gun. And he said, just give me the car. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Cuellar knows karate or oh. karate, as most of us call it. <laughs> uh, and he says, I assess the situation. I'm like, all right, man, here's the keys. But the one thing that really bothered him, we might get into that coming up at 6.35. And I think, by the way, this is a really good question. Listener, Sean, I want to point this out. Via tax, 874-9390. Do you think it was a little petty for McHenry? He will be the interim speaker. Uh, one of his first items as interim speaker was to evict Pelosi from her office. <laughs> <laughs> and sh- uh, So petty, yes. Uh, kind of funny, also yes. <laughs> Thank you, Hannah. I don't feel bad because that's that's my immediate reaction. Oh, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of funny. Um yeah, and by the way, Pelosi out of town because she was attending uh, services for Diane Feinstein, who of course died last week at the age of uh, at the age of uh, ninety. So, and Sean brings up a good point. You know, we talk about unity. Remember unity, January twentieth, twenty twenty one. Remember when President Magoo <laughs> got up there? Unity. We can't even be unified within our own party, and that's a really big issue. And there's some big events happening. Uh, I think this weekend for both the Democrat Party in St. Louis and the Republican Party. 
Party in Missouri. So I, I think there's going to be interesting to find out how they are going to be covering some of this stuff. Um, momentum. Momentum. Uh, and I feel like uh, we've lost it yesterday. But I also said this on the Tobler show yesterday. Uh, and I don't know if you agree or not, but this is soap opera stuff. Gas is still going to be expensive tomorrow. Groceries are still going to be expensive. We are still going to look silly on the worldwide stage. I don't know if this enhances our silliness. I think it does. Coming up a few minutes from now, we are going to be doing the daily D.C. rundown. Well, we heard that Kennedy might be jumping in um, as a third-party candidate. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Kevin McCarthy, so I appreciate that. All right, former President Trump commenting on the McCarthy ouster yesterday. That is getting us into today's Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell. But not saying a whole lot. That was on the heels of him being uh, a limited gag order being imposed on him uh, as it involves the civil business fraud trial. He was ordered to delete a social media post. That post had to deal with the uh, clerk um, of the court and the judge said personal attacks on members of my court staff are unacceptable, not appropriate, and I will not tolerate them. So Trump deleted the post and there's a limited gag order about what he can and can't say. Specifically, he can't criticize the. And that's the other reason I talk about momentum for Republicans. It's like Trump had been behaving so well as poll numbers are going up. The poll numbers are continuing to show for what they are worth right now that he can beat Biden, that he would beat Biden. And then you got to go and and I get court cases. Usually his poll numbers go up, but then stuff like this. By the way, I saw the, the, the post. It wasn't you shouldn't do it. I'll you, say that. You should not do should that. Should not do it. I think the judge was right there, although I think the judge has um, was not correct on some of his other rulings. But at the same time, it's also, I think, nice for the judge to say, hey, look, uh, you know, to take responsibility for his staff members and be like, look, you can you can criticize me all you want, but you're not going to criticize my staff. And I think that is a respectful thing to do. And I still can't get over that judge mugging for the camera the other day. I just happened to be watching that here in the studio as we were watching that court appearance getting ready to unfold live. And I thought like I was watching an old Jesse Waters comedy segment on Fox because here's this judge doing like a four-year-old kid when they see a video camera and they start twisting their head around and sticking their thumbs in their ears and going na 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 boo Like, that's what it looked like. I was blown away by that. Well, Kind of like you at the, uh, at yeah. the Zonda luncheon. Exactly, John. Exactly. Well, Trump was commenting on uh, McCarthy, of course, yesterday for the first time ever. We ousted a speaker. Um, I just want to say, you said you felt, like, dejected. Yeah. I felt disappointed. I, I've seen this meme go around after the pandemic, and it was people my age. It's like, I'm tired of living in historic times because my entire adulthood, I went, like, 9-11, recession, pandemic. And so, like, every time you're like, this is the first time it's ever happened. I'm like, can I just live in, like, the normal times? Can we just, like... And, you know, and I think a lot of times... People have reminded us, hey, in the past, you know, there has been significant disagreement. People have, you know, gone to the mat or whatever. But the fact that this is the first time that it's ever happened reminded us just how crazy times we're living in. So, uh, and now we have to pick a replacement. We don't have any idea on the timing. We don't have any idea really on who it's going to be. We know Steve Scalise is out there making um, calls, but it's likely going to be um, a week and a half, we think. So if Matt Gates uh, and them voted with Democrats again, could they make Pelosi speaker again? <laughs> vote with the Democrats again. Oh, my again. goodness. Yeah. Are they going to go back now. to the earlier comments about uh, we want Trump for speaker like we saw back in the back I, in the 
failed election. I saw a lot of that yesterday already. Well, we are getting an update, a, a little update on uh, no labels. Um, Joe Biden, at least it's scaring Joe Biden enough that he's finally talking about it. Before, he hadn't said much, and now he's um, he's super mad that Lieberman has kind of joined the no labels group. And he's saying um, it's going to help the other guy, and he knows it. This is a political decision he's making, and I obviously think it's mis- a mistake. So no labels is still pushing ahead. They've been out um, kind of pushing their message, and Joe Biden is, is publicly commenting on it. So Democrats have problems, too. you got Joe Lieberman, who's, uh, in effect, disagreeing with Joe Biden. you got folks like Henry Cuellar, the congressman carjacked the other night, who has been begging Joe Biden, my goodness, please do something about illegal immigration. You've got the Democrat congressman in Minnesota who's calling for Biden to be primary. So Democrats, they have problems, too. And I have to give a little bit of credit to the Biden administration. I'm surprised that I'm doing it this morning, but this is an issue that really hits home here, even in Missouri, the fentanyl issue. And the Biden administration did announce sweeping action against basically upper supply chain um, uh, fentanyl producers. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Bring it to Texas. They don't want to deal with, you know, pushing back on China. They don't want to deal with the woke agenda, killing our military. They don't want to deal with any of the pressing issues of the day. So it is left to us to govern. Republican uh, Congressman Chip Roy out of Texas talking about police funding. And it's not just a thing to Texas. It's not just a thing to us here in mid-Missouri. It is a nationwide thing. Want to get his comments on this coming up shortly here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Brandon Rather. There is Stephanie Bell. Good morning. There's producer Hannah. Hello. On Marsha's here. Good morning. Or Mr. Brian Houseworth. Good to see you, sir. Are joining us now on the show, Matt Nichols, president, Columbia Police Officers Association. I want to start with this question. Why is it in your mind progressives just will not support police? Uh, I'm I'm of the opinion that um, you know we have seen you know really since the days of of Michael Brown and and this anti woke police movement that there's a lot of money in hating the police there's a lot of money in stepping away from the rule of law and allowing law lawlessness to just you know kind of rule our communities and you know maybe I'm you know, of the mindset, and, and maybe I'm just a little bit cynical, but qui bono? Who benefits from the police not doing their job, you know, and, and having money and funding taken away? Who's benefiting from that? What, you know, it's it's about money, I think. And we see, you know, we see this obviously in cities like San Francisco, New York City, Portland, take your pick of any of these cities. And then we see in one of our mid-Missouri towns, Columbia. Uh, I know you sent uh, a letter to us uh, regarding ARPA uh, funding and what the city council did or didn't do. What's the story there and your reaction? Yeah, you know, it's, we've had these ARPA dollars for, I don't know, three years-ish, something like that, for a long time. You know, there's been a lot of money available. Uh, you know, the some of the intent and purpose behind the the act itself was, you know, to to reward the first responders who couldn't stay at home and and you know isolate and distance away and had to spend time away from their families, and uh, so we've been asking for that really from day one. And it, it, it's not about you know, hey, here's some free money, let's throw some money at the cops. It's it comes down to we went through a lot and. You know, when people had the ability to to stay home and work remotely, we didn't. You know, I've I've got I could give you a hundred examples. Two very pronounced examples is I have one of my members that almost died, and when I say almost died, literally was in the hospital 
uh, you know, hooked up the wires and, and all this stuff going on because of COVID, right? I have another member that was not allowed to have contact, and, and I say not allowed. She distanced herself from her family for three months because her daughter had an autoimmune disease, and their doctor said if she gets COVID, she's going to die. And so for three months, the only contact she had with her children was via uh, Skype or Zoom or FaceTime. And, you know, what what incentive was there for that? You know, there was none. You know, we had our overtime stripped away. We had our off-duty work stripped away, which a lot of our members used to supplement their income. And all we asked for was just a little bit. We're, we're, We're not asking for... For the moon, we're asking you know for the city council and the city to show their appreciation during COVID times for the good work that we did and for us showing up. We are speaking here with Matt Nichols. Matt is a representative of the Columbia Police Officers Association. He is joining us live this morning on Wake Up in Missouri. Matt, we appreciate you joining us. You know, you mentioned the ARPA money and the hazard pay, and I did not know about this officer that almost died, so we appreciate that information. But you had also called on the council to allocate at least a few of the dollars from the $2 million for quote-unquote community violence for law enforcement, and yet zero it appears yep. zero for for law enforcement for quote unquote community violence your reaction please brian it's you know it's really discouraging and and we can talk about you know the mayor's comments on monday night and uh but here's what it is right there's this is the opportunity and and part of the reason this act was put together was to help combat violent crime right and it, yes our people would love to have the hazard pay. We would love to feel appreciated, which we don't. We would love to feel valued, which we don't. But there, there was a potential that we could use this money for technology purposes. You know, we we had the fuses conversation, and there was a different pot of money we could use that use for that. And the city council said, oh, no, we know better than you do, so we're not going to do it. But there's different technologies. There's different uh, uh, different programs that we could have used this money for to combat the violent crime that is rampant in Columbia right now. And the city said no. It's, it, you know, it really comes down to, to process and mission. The, the city loves to put a process before the mission. And that's what we've seen with this ARPA funding is they want to pay for another process instead of financing the mission to combat violent crime. So talk to us a little bit more about this Office of Violence Prevention. Uh, You know, is that was there any conversations before the mayor just announced, hey, we're going to start this new office, you know, actually talking with law enforcement about what the needs were? Um, Was there you know, what was the communication like? And, you know, what's the response been uh, amongst your members? If there were conversations, they were not had with me. Uh, They were not had with my organization. Um, I I will not ever stand in the way of a solution. Maybe this is a solution, but I am very hesitant to say so. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that's the thing is you know, looking for a solution because it's not that we always want to be combative, even though I think sometimes that can be the narrative. Well, you're just being combative. No, we're trying to find a solution. But my goodness, use some common sense. Our guest, Matt Nichols, Columbia Police Officers Association, joining us talking about progressives and lack of not just financial 
support for law enforcement. Just the overall vibe and the overall feeling from a lot of progressives about not uh, not getting support from city uh, leadership and leadership all across the country. He's joining us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Matt, talk to us about recruitment and retention and what you hear from potential young people maybe going into the law enforcement field. It, it's scary trying to look down the road to see if you're going to have the staffing there, isn't it? It is. It's, you know, the, the number right now uh, that we're down is somewhere around 40. Uh, I've heard, you know, 36. I've heard 42. It's somewhere, it, you know, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, what, what I can tell you is if you look uh, three miles to the north at the Boone County Sheriff's Department, I don't think they have any vacancies. Uh, part of the reason is they have a phenomenal leader in Sheriff Kerry. Uh, they have done what was needed to uh, financially take care of their people. Um, they have a, a you, you know they have the ability to go out and do their job within the the bounds of the law and within their department policy. And you know they're they are given the tools and the resources to to do good work and to do good things. Um, I can't say that about us. I, I you know I really can't because you know it's any any time we could get blasted publicly by our city leadership um, for doing our job. You know, we, we don't know what tomorrow holds and that worries people. And who would want to be a cop in that environment? You know, and I've talked to a lot of folks around the state, especially within the FOP. And yeah, there was a huge lull in hiring, but it's coming back. People want to be cops again. And even if you look at our department, we're still hiring people. Like, we still, we're still putting people through the academy. We're still hiring laterals. But the problem is you can hire five, but you lose eight. How do we retain people? And the the way that the city has done with, you know, over the course of, of our different labor agreements and with, you know, most recently with this ARPA stuff, but, hey, man, it's wonderful. Let's go hire 10 people. But if you lose 15, you're still down five. Right. And that's where we are. Yeah, I was going to add just very two quick things here. Uh, Jeremiah Hunter, who's the assistant chief, told me yesterday on the record, uh, uh, Matt, that they're down 37 officers. And I know that number changes, but it's 37, uh, we believe, at this point, based, based on my conversation with Jeremiah. And another very quick point, Mayor Buffalo did not propose this this new office during the budget hearings that just were completed. They just approved the budget in September. In her defense, though, the child was just killed last week after the budget had been approved. All right, Matt Nichols, Columbia Police Officers Association. Uh, the other thing that I thought is is interesting, listen, I want everybody to do well. I want all mid-Missouri to be safe and all that stuff. But when you have a mayor who says, well, they're doing this program uh, in Baltimore. Here's a headline out of Baltimore. Baltimore's uh, Baltimore isn't reducing crime. She says, well, they're, they're doing this in Kansas City. Uh, headline out of uh, Kansas City, a crisis after a violent weekend. Kansas City is on pace for worst year in homicides. So it's the reasoning to this Matt Nichols, Columbia Police Officers Association. Man, we appreciate you joining us here on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Got an email from a listener and telling a story, um, apparently. Oh, no. <laughs> That's usually not good. Right. So I had a friend... Who told me about an email sent to uh, sent to an email uh, sent to our work email address, talking about a friend got carjacked at gunpoint in a Columbia neighborhood, but says I didn't see it anything in the news, and they're alleging the detective informed them that they're down by 
36, 37, how many offers, officers were, were down. Uh, and they can't compete with other jurisdictions. But uh, apparently one of the things, and we saw this, I thought it was the uh, the murder, was it the professor's wife earlier this year? Somebody had like followed her home apparently. And, and apparently these kinds of things are happening. Meanwhile, you've got a congressman, Washington, D.C., another safe harbor. Uh, in Washington, D.C., got carjacked the other day. Henry Cuellar, he told this story, a fascinating story, because he talks about how quickly it happened. And he tells the story, he says, I'm just getting out of my car, going to my apartment, and next thing I know, there's three dudes around me. Two of them have guns. And in the uh, in the interview, he said this. But what really got me upset? The thing that really got him upset. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. That's up for the for the House members to decide. But I do hope we come together and say these crazy Marxist radical leftists that are destroying the country, we are unified against. That's Ted Cruz. His reaction to McCarthy being ousted yesterday, 710. Raven Harrison is going to be joining us with her take from everything. I've uh, My initial take yesterday was just uh, the word I'm using is dejected. The word Steph is using. Disappointed. Like a disappointed. I... I I feel like my dad has looked at me in a disappointing fashion. Uh, seriously, I mean, that was almost a physical reaction to what went down yesterday. It's like, come on, man. And here's why. You've got momentum, I think. If you look at polling, for what polling is worth as it relates to Trump and his chances of beating Uncle Joe, uh, there is momentum there. And again, this a year after the big red wave and a year prior to the most important election in our lifetime. Well, For real this time. For real. I know I said it in 2022 and I know I said it in 2020 and I think, did I say it in 2018, John? Do you remember? Did I say this is the most important election of our lifetime? If you didn't, you should have. And then I said it in 2016. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I, sure. Yeah. 2014. Same thing. Welcome into the show. Wake up mid-Missouri. There's Stephanie Bell, producer Hannah John Marsh, Brian Houseworth. I am Brandon Rather. Thank you for being here. 874 I thought it was interesting. Henry Coyer, I want to share this story because just yesterday we did a segment on the show called How Not to Get Carjacked. And it's just some of the, the more interesting tips about how you situate your car in traffic, parking places, things like that. Besides, I think a lot of the you know, common sense stuff, be careful situational awareness but as henry quay our democrat congressman from texas was sharing his story about how quickly this can happen. as i got out of my car all of a sudden i see two individuals that just ran to the door because i was just opening up the door to get out and uh, they said we want your car and i looked at one that had uh, a ski mask uh, you can tell there were young uh young folks i mean i hate saying this but there were young punks with guns so i looked at one of them said i want your car uh, he had a gun pointed at me. Uh, I looked to the to the other side. There was another one with a gun pointed at me. I looked behind me. There was a third guy uh, behind me. Let me ask you, do you think, John, and I'll ask you, because I always think, sure, man, if somebody comes up and they've got a gun pointed at my head and they want my 1978 uh, Subaru Brat car. Uh, sure. You, you, you can, uh, you can have, I don't know that I would be able to do that. Cause I would be so mad that somebody is trying to take myself. I, your principles that you're always talking about would get you in a lot of trouble. That's right. And it probably would. Uh, but I would die happy. <laughs> I would be pretty much be it. Yeah, I would be shot in the head happily. No, principles I, are one thing uh, when you're staring down the barrel of a right. gun. Right? Yeah. All of a sudden, my principles are are a little different. I don't know that I could just do that because I would be so mad. I guess probably an easier decision for most people. Somebody's got a gun to your head, you'd hand over the keys. 
I don't know. How, I mean, yeah, I would I would comply, but uh, I think I would just be like frozen from just sheer terror and the shock of like it, like what he was saying. It all happened so fast. Yeah, and that's how quickly it can happen to anybody. Well, I mean, I used to work in a bank, and the guidance we were always given is if you're getting robbed, like just do what they say to get them out of the building, yep. and then we'll deal with you know what to do next after you're safe. Well, I think a lot of times, and I speak from some of my own experiences when facing very odd or frightening situations in life, like adrenaline can take over and an automatic thought process can take over that you think, well, I wouldn't do that. Like, there's some things uh, that I've never thought. I ran into a, a burning home to save an old dude, lumped, lumped the old dude over my shoulder and carried him out of the house. Yeah, Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. You have lived the wildest life. I Every time I hear another story, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Well about that. I didn't know the dude was in the house. I thought there was a parrot they had in this house. They were next door and they were two houses down and I was trying to save the parrot. Turns out there was a dude in there too. So I slung him over my shoulder and walked out. Two birds, one stone. There you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, Henry Quayer, obviously not happy. But what really got me upset is that they stole my sushi. That's what got me upset. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like that. When you can have a sense of humor, and those are the things I think are important in life. You know, we had a lot of, lot of focus on uh, the, the discord in the Republican Party. And what happened yesterday where you had eight Republicans voting with every single Democrat in the House. I think party-wide frustration is the sense I got uh, uh, yesterday. And those are things that, you know, hey, this matters. Your safety and your kids, things like that. You got to spend time with your kids yesterday. How cool I was that? I did. Yes. But have are, you... Yeah, no, that's what's important. But have you seen the price of sushi lately? I'd be mad, too. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, that's...